Chapter 21. Ransom. Around 11 o'clock, Grandmother Miss Lacey Thornton rapped on the door. Rose, she called, is Mo here? I'm nibblish, and with the cafe draped in crime scene tape, I thought I might dine here today, if she's available. Star looked up from his phone tracing gizmo. She dropped by for lunch, he whispered to Deputy Marla. During an investigation? Is she insane? I handed the screwdriver to Deputy Marla. I'll act like I didn't hear that, as that's particularly my grandmother you're talking about, I said. It wouldn't hurt you to show some respect. I turned to the door. I'm in here, Grandma Miss Lacey, I called. Miss Rose is in the garden and Lavender's in town working on his car. Come in and I'll make you a sandwich. Miss Rose has Wonder Bread. The screen door squeaked open. Please don't call me Grandma, dear, she said. You know I prefer Grandmother. She smiled at Star and extended her hand, which is a fragile and blue-veined as a baby bird. Detective Star, she said. Ma'am, he said, giving her hand a gentle pump. Would you like a PB&J? I asked her. Don't trouble yourself, dear, she replied. I have a basket of fried chicken in the Buick. Let's spread a tablecloth on the porch. Detective, deputy, she fastened her smile on Deputy Marla. You are a full deputy, aren't you, dear? Yes, ma'am. Deputy Marla said, standing up straight. Grandmother Miss Lacey Thornton beamed at her. That's wonderful, she said. Won't you two join us for a picnic dinner? I will, Dale said, trotting down the hall. I'll get us some iced tea. Thank you, Dale. That would be wonderful. I followed Grandmother Miss Lacey Thornton to the porch and helped spread her yellow gingham tablecloth. She'd brought a feast. Fried chicken, deviled eggs, coleslaw, potato salad, and rolls. As she passed out the plates, Mayor Little drove up in his dinged jeep. Mind if I join you? He asked, pulling a paper sack from his front seat. Make yourself at home, I said. He tiptoed across the porch, shrugged off his blue seersucker jacket, and folded it over the back of the swing. Sorry to hear of the recent unpleasantness, Mo, he said. I'd have dropped by sooner, but I'm monitoring the hurricane. I doubt she'll turn this away. But if she does, your civil servants stand ready. I may open the school to refugees. They can have my desk, Dale offered. Mayor Little settled in the swing and smoothed his napkin over his tie as Lavender and Sam roared up in Lavender's GMC. Sam took the steps two at a time and handed me a fistful of orange daylilies. I do admire daylilies, Grandmother Miss Lacey Thornton murmured. They're as pretty as they are tough. Sam smiled. Yes, ma'am, he said, just like Mo. Gag me, Dale muttered, and I headed to the kitchen for a jar of water. By noon, half the town draped themselves over Miss Rose's yard, chatting and eating lunches they'd brought over themselves. Bess and Reverend Thompson nudged in among the Azalea women, who claimed the garden table. Attila Celeste and her mother sat by their Cadillac, eating grapes and carrot sticks. Skeeter's folks spread a blanket on the lawn. When Skeeter headed for her family's van, I followed. Skeeter, I need you to check a couple of serial numbers for me. One off a $100 bill from Mr. Jesse's, I swallowed hard, and one off a of five. Here, I wrote them down for you, I said, handing a page from my notebook. I don't know, Mo, she said, looking doubtful. My cousin works drive through at the bank in Kinston, but I don't think, well, let me see what we can do. The first time Miss Rose's phone rang, everybody froze. Stars in here, I called out. They got it. Trace on the line. Go ahead with your lunches. They nodded. I moved to the door and pretended not to eavesdrop as Miss Rose took the call. Oh, hello? No. No, it's dreadful. My tomatoes have it too. Dale cupped his hand around his mouth. Wilt, he bellowed. Pity. 
Mayor Little sighed. Lavender balances Pepsi on the porch rail. They have a trace on the phone line? What kind of trace? Dale shrugged. Beats me. Involves wires is all I know. It's the latest equipment from Winston-Salem, I said, grabbing a doubled egg. I held the screwdriver, so I got a good look. Headphones, dials, everything. Deputy Marla set it up. She's a genius. Wouldn't surprise me if she went FBI someday. Sam slit open a honey bun with his pocket knife. Mo, if I could, I'd go over there and snatch a knot in whoever's taken Miss Lanet. If you ask me, have a nab, Lavender interrupted, holding out a pack of orange crackers. Star's got this under control, Sam. All we gotta do is keep cool. Right, Mo? I nodded, wishing I felt as sure as he sounded. The phone jangled a second time a half hour later as the lunch crowd packed up. Again, everyone froze. It looked like Miss Rose's yard was full of picnicking mannequins. My heart pounded as Dale leaned against the doorframe and listened, listening. Telemarketer, trying to tell Mama a free vacation somewhere she wouldn't go if, she, if they paid her, he shouted, and folks headed for their vehicles. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw Anna Celeste heading for us. Now what? Hey, she said, placing two tall blue bottles on the porch. It looked like she'd regained her composure since we crossed paths at church. What are those? I asked. Nice bottles with attractive corks. Right, Dale said, giving her a daredevil smile. Very nice bottles. She gave him a quick look and looked at, smile and looked away. Actually, I've had these in my window catching sun. They made me think of you, Mo, because the ones you send out are ugly. Vinegar bottles, hot sauce bottles, they look trashy. Who would pick them up? Not me. Maybe not your mother. She looked at me. I thought you might have better luck with these. I hesitated. Was Attila actually being nice? She blushed. Anyway, I'm tired of them, and the idea is stupid enough to appeal to you, so I brought them by. She glanced at Dale as he smoothed his hair. You know, Mo, I've always thought you were lucky to have two mothers, she said. Miss Lana, plus a fantasy one. The word hit me like a splash of cold water. A fantasy one? Well, maybe fantasy's not the right word. Anna Celeste, Mrs. Simpson shrilled. She glared her hands on her bony hips. Coming, mother, Attila, I said as she started toward her mother. Thanks for the bottles. They're nice. No problem, moron, she said, and she was gone. Grandmother Miss Lacey Thornton was among the last to finish lunch, primarily because she'd brought slices of her famous homemade coconut cake, which she kept concealed to prevent a riot. Your family is odd, but well-loved, she said, sliding a piece of cake toward me. I nodded, feeling shy. Lunch was delicious. Thank you for coming. Of course, dear, she said, touching my face. I thank you, I thank you for having me. The third phone call came just as she drove away. Mo. Miss, Ro Miss Rose called, her voice strained. It's for you. As I walked in, Star whispered, It's Slate, asking for you. Normally I wouldn't ask a kid to do this, but no problem, I said. I'm a professional. He hesitated. Just be polite, stay calm, and keep him talking so we can trace the call. That's all. Don't tell him I'm here, and don't tell him we've identified him. Act natural, Dale whispered, crowding into me. I am natural, I growled, taking the receiver. It felt like my heart would rip through my shirt. I was so scared. Back up, Dale. Give me room to work. You're breathing on me. 
Deputy Marla held up her hand, halting my words as she adjusted a dial. Now, she whispered, pointing to me like I was on TV. Mo LeBeau speaking, I said, my voice like glass. You better not hurt Miss Lana or you'll have me to deal with. The voice on the phone was faint and scratchy. Is this the colonel's kid? Of course it's me, reptile brain, I snapped. What do you want? What, do you, what have you done with Miss Lana? Is the colonel over there? Are you alone? You just spoke to Miss Rose. How could I be alone? I looked around the room. Star and Deputy Marla hunched over their equipment. Miss Rose stood by the bookcase with her arm across Dale's shoulders. Lavender and Sam slouched in the door like hounds. Yeah, I said, except for Miss Rose, I'm alone. Who's this? Star gave me a thumbs up. I'll ask the questions. Who made up that rule? When he didn't answer, I pressed on. You some kind of pervert calling up little girls and asking if they're alone because I'm not allowed to talk to perverts. That's a rule. Miss Lena made it for me. If you don't believe me, ask her. She's there, right? In fact, put her on the phone and I'll double check it myself. No answer. You do have her over there, don't you? I demanded, my voice getting louder. Star grabbed for the phone. I turned my back, ducking away from him. Where are you? I shouted. Where's Miss Lana? The phone went quiet, save a distant crackling, and in the background an odd sound. Screak! Like a swing on a rusty chain. Slate's voice came back cold and mean. Do you want to see the Colonel and Miss Lana alive again? Of course I do, you idiot! I shouted. Bring them back right now! Star snatched the phone away from me. Hello? This is Detective Joe Star. Who's this? His eyes narrowed. Well, I just walked in, he said, which is fortunate, since I'm the one you need to talk to. He listened. All right, he said. I'll see what I can do, but I need to speak to Miss Lana, for, to Lana first, or the colonel. You choose. Give me that. I got more to say, I shouted, leaping for the phone. Lavender grabbed me around the waist, dragged me onto the porch, and pushed me into the swing. Calm down, soldier, he said. He never called me soldier before. My temper settled like ashes around a fire. Let Star handle this, he said, sitting beside me. It's his job. You did great, but Star knows the psychological mumbo-jumbo. Could you tell him anything, Dale asked. Was it really slate? I shrugged, awash in misery. Why can't I ever keep my mouth shut? Why didn't I do what Star told me? I guess so. The line was too scratchy and far away. It sounded like, I don't know, like something metal, something creaking. Well, don't worry, Lavender said. They'll trace the call. Turned out they couldn't. It was Slate, all right, Star said a few minutes later as he came onto the porch. Marla says he hung up before she could trace him. I thought we had him, he said, looking puzzled. But he's smart, he said, pulling up a chair for, to face me. Did you talk to Miss Lana? Not yet, he said. Could you hear her? I shook my head. It's okay. Slate needs her, for, needs her there for some reason. We'll talk to her next time. I'm sorry, I told him as Miss Rose came into the porch. I've been working on my temper, but sometimes it feels like my brain straight wired to my mouth. You did fine, Star said. He hesitated. Mo, what do you know about the colonel's finances? Or Miss Lana's? Their money? I shrugged. Well, far as I know, Miss Lana ain't got any. The colonel, he's got the cafe. I reckon that's probably worth a fortune, I said. I mean, it's creek front. What do you think, Miss Rose? That cafe? She waggled her head. Probably worth about 80000 Dale whispered between his teeth. I didn't know you were rich, he said. 80000 is that all? Star asked. She nodded. 
Look around you, detective. This isn't Winston-Salem. Dirt's still wor- worth dirt around here. Star rubbed his eyebrows like he could coax an idea out of it. $80,000, he muttered. Does the colonel have any other assets? Real estate, stocks? I shook my head. He mostly pays cash from the Crisco can. Slate's asking for a ransom, he said, watching my face. When a kidnapper asks for a ransom, he thinks the family can pay. But in this case, a ransom? Dell gasped. How much? A half a million dollars, he said, and Miss Rose sat down hard beside me. Lavender gulp, gulped. A half a million dollars? The colonel ain't got that kind of money. Shoot, everybody in town together ain't got that kind of money. I know, Star said, but Slate thinks he does, and he seems to think Mo knows how to get her hands on it. Me? I cried. I'm on allowance and tips, which I get docked almost every week for sloppy room keeping. I'm lucky to get five bucks. Dale's face went pale. What? What if she can't come up with it? He said. Slate already killed Mr. Jesse. He won't. I mean, he wouldn't kill. I felt it coming like a, like you feel a storm coming before it hits. Mo, Star said again, can you think of anything that might help me? I meant to say no. Instead, I threw up Grandmother Miss Lacey Thornton fried chicken and deviled eggs all over the porch, all over my daylilies, all over Star's perfectly shined black leather shoes.